Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good day, good friends. Always good to see you. And welcome to this week's Reporters Roundtable. Coming to you from our nation's capital about 8.30 in the morning on this Friday, July 28th. Well, what had been kind of a quiet week exploded yesterday afternoon with breaking news and more bad news for Donald Trump. Special counsel Jack Smith announced new charges filed against Trump in the presidential documents case, including two new counts of obstruction of justice and one new count of willful willful retention of national security documents, charges that Trump immediately called ridiculous. And all this happened on the same day that Trump's lawyers were meeting with federal prosecutors down the hall about the second January 6th case, and while a federal grand jury was meeting to consider possible criminal charges against Trump for his role in the January 6th insurrection. Meanwhile, as the economy soared 2.4%, the House warned about UFOs in a big hearing, and Kevin McCarthy suggested it might be time to impeach Joe Biden, Americans basically said, hey, we'd rather watch Barbie or Oppenheimer. (laughs) Well, we've got a great couple of reporters today to sort it all out for us. Sabrina Siddiqui, White House reporter for the Wall Street Journal. Hi, Sabrina. Welcome back. Good morning and happy Friday. Thank you. And S.V. Date, White House correspondent for HuffPost, Hello, SV. Hello, Sharish. Welcome back to you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. So, Sabrina, let's start with this breaking news. Uh, there's a, at this meeting, after this meeting with his attorneys at the Justice Department yesterday, Donald Trump said they had a very productive meeting. And then about an hour later, Jack Smith drops these new charges against Donald Trump uh, in the documents case. Must It came as a surprise to us and it looks like a surprise to Donald Trump, Sabrina. Yes, and I think it just reinforces that these investigations are ongoing and new evidence can be uncovered at any point in time. And you could have more charges added to the indictment that we have already seen against the former president. I mean, these are major accusations against former President Trump uh, that essentially ha- present new evidence that he told the property manager at Mar-a-Lago, um, his private residence in Florida, that he wanted security camera footage at that property to be deleted, uh, related, mm-hmm. of course, to uh, the mishandling of classified documents. And, you know, this is, of course, on top of the existing, um, as we said, charges to, for that relate to illegally holding on to 31 classified documents that had national defense information after he left office. This revised indictment, um, I think the, just to reiterate the charges, 
that it's attempting to alter, destroy, mutilate, or conceal evidence, inducing someone else to do so, and a new yeah. count under the Espionage Act uh, related to a classified national security document that he showed people at his golf club in Bedminster, which was a battle plan to attack Iran. So, you know, look, we've seen these uh, charges mounting, and I think we it, it's actually helped Trump in some ways in the Republican uh, primary contest, but it's going to have probably significant impact uh, on him in a in a general election and just obviously legally speaking. Yeah, uh, Sharice, one interesting aspect of this is, as Sabrina points out, the new charge, one of the new charges has to deal with wanting to erase a surveillance video or destroy a surveillance video. This brings back to mind one of Trump's, Donald Trump's big issues in 2016 when he was running for president, accusing Hillary of destroying evidence. Here's a little uh, <clears throat> Back to the Future clip from Donald Trump 2016. It's also clear from the FBI report that Hillary Clinton and her top aides knowingly destroyed evidence and covered up their actions. After her private server was revealed last March, her staff deleted all the emails and wiped it clean. So, Sharish, I guess what goes around comes around. <laughs> I guess we'll be hearing a lot of lock him up chants, right? That is not right. <laughs> this is it, it's kind of it's kind of funny, I guess, to to read this. <laughs> what would he actually ask him to do? But this is so damning. This is so bad for him because remember, number one, he was claiming that he was waving around at Bedminster it was not actually battle plans. It was he was just blustering. He was making it up. And it was actually uh, building plans for a golf course or something like that. Well, they found the document now and they've charged him. Now, initially, they didn't charge him because it was mm -hmm. among those documents that he actually turned over when he was asked. He actually turned that one over to the National Archives finally after you know months of stalling. Um, and he had not been charged with anything on that uh, among in, in that batch previously but since he made such a big stink out of it and so forth it, maybe they added on there for good measure now and as to the uh the uh the deleting the getting rid of the server man i mean if if in fact he had every right to have these documents right which is what he's claimed in the past or, or that he's um declassified them all which is also claiming the past why is he trying to get rid of the evidence? I mean, this is so bad in terms of his state of mind, in terms of his uh, his knowledge that what he was doing was was wrong and guilty. And meanwhile, Sabrina, we were all waiting for the other shoe to drop, meaning the January 6th shoe, right? The, the charges related to Trump's role in the insurrection on January 6th. So the fact that Jack Smith met with Trump's lawyers about that yesterday. The fact that the grand jury was meeting yesterday. What do you hear? What are your sources telling you about how imminent these charges may be? What we've been hearing is that the former president faces a likely indictment over uh, his role in January 6th. Uh, you know, or I shouldn't be clear, obviously, as much as we're all familiar with it, um, for obviously... Yeah. Uh, his efforts to overturn the 2020 election and inciting uh, a mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, you know, look, I think obviously um, the grand jury has been hearing evidence in that investigation. As you know, they 
uh, uh, met this past week at a federal courthouse in Washington, and and we a prosecutor from Smith's office was there as well. So these are all signs um, that Smith could be very close to seeking an indictment of Trump or making some kind of decision with respect to charges in this uh, long-running elections in- inquiry. And remember, there is also the separate um, but somewhat related investigation into um, Georgia specifically yeah. and and Trump's Trump using uh, his power or trying to use his power to influence uh, the uh, outcome of the election or the certification of the election in the state of Georgia. So, I mean, it's you know I've noticed that the New York Times has a Trump in- investigations or indictment tracker. Um, which I think just tells you how, what, what, you know, like how, like it's becoming increasingly hard to keep up with it. Um, look, I, but I think obviously a lot, we already know how Trump's going to respond, right? Um, sure. He's going to say that this is all motivated, even though there's no evidence that it is. I mean, it's not motivated, actually. I shouldn't even say there's no evidence. It's not motivated. Um, it's based on evidence. And he's still a candidate for office. His team has sought to delay some of these um, investigations or charges related to the investigations until after the election. That's not going to happen. And so this is going to be an extremely unprecedented situation and very high profile um, case of having not just a former president, but someone who is seeking a return to the White House, a sitting candidate for office under under several indictments during the course of a presidential election. Yeah. Uh, Sharice, and we've seen the possible charges outlined in this target letter that Jack Smith sent to Donald Trump. So as you were saying, the charges related to the documents, the newest charges and the the already filed charges on the documents are very, very serious. If If Jack Smith charges Trump for what the target letter indicates, those charges for trying to overturn the government are even a more serious level, correct? They're, they they are, although I will, I will say that the new ones added yesterday in Florida for the uh, trying to or scheming to uh, destroy the server or erase the server, those are 20-year prison <laughs> felonies. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. those, are, those are real deal yeah. stuff. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, this is Donald Trump acting like a toddler, thinking all his stuff is his and he's going to take it with him. Uh, and those are my documents, my boxes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and we kind of knew what we were getting when we elected him. Um, it, it's, I guess it's, it's a way to dissuade people from, from doing that in the future. On the other hand, what he did leading up to January 6th goes to the, really the fundamental precepts of this democracy. You accept the results of an election. When you, when you lose... You do it gracefully. You help the person coming in and you leave. He did none of those things. And it is so un-American what happened on that day leading up to it, that uh, even if the charges aren't quite as serious, even if they're 10-year felonies or five-year felonies, it's probably more important for this country to, to make sure that thing is, is, is um, seen through to the end, because otherwise you're encouraging it to happen again. Right. So, Sabrina, you indicated now, in addition to covering the White House, I know I know you well, uh, you keep your eye on and you cover everything going on politically in the country. So, so far, as you indicated, Donald Trump, this is not the only rodeo, right? His charges with Jack Smith. He's got Manhattan charges, he's got the Gene Carroll thing. He's got Georgia, which is probably going to fall. But so far, 
all of these legal problems have done nothing but help him in the 2024 primary. It, does it ever reach a point where that changes, do you think, Supreme? It's hard to see it changing because his lead has substantially increased. Yeah. As yeah. these indictments have come down. And we know that his supporters are very, they, they respond very emotionally to this idea that he's, you know, being, that, 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 the, the, to the falsehood he's putting out there that this is a witch hunt. Um, and the idea that he's, be, that he's being attacked politically. Um, and I, or, or that these investigations are political when again, as we've said, they are not. So, so look, I think the other reason why you've seen that dynamic, having said that is because not just because his support has hardened based on these indictments, but there are no, there has not been in this, in, in this somewhat crowded Republican field, a candidate who has really taken on the mantle of being an alternative, a viable alternative. I mean, got Florida governor Ron DeSantis has had extraordinary challenges in in his very short-lived so far presidential campaign. Um, he's already had maybe two resets, and we're more, than, we're more than a year out from the actual election. But I mean, we're you know we're I mean we're yeah. we're we're a little less than a year out, of course, from the from the nominating process, but still a, a ways away. So you know, I think that 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 was actually Desantis. I mentioned him specifically because he was the one who was seen as the most likely to dethrone Trump. Now, there's still a lot of time and space for for that to happen, or for someone else to emerge as a formidable uh, opponent or challenger to Trump. But there hasn't really been anyone who's who's filled that void. So yeah. in the absence of that, plus the, I think, support that Trump has had from Republican base voters in the face of these indictments, it's still hard to see who else it may be who claims yeah. the nomination. But again, a lot can happen between now and and, and January of next year when we actually uh, enter you know, the nominating contest. Yeah. Well, I want to come back and probe a little more on the uh, 2024 GOP primary uh, in, in just a little bit. But uh, in the meantime, Trish, I've got to ask you this. So, yes, Donald Trump is not just the former president. He is the front runner for the Republican nomination. He's the leading candidate. We're going into the campaign. These charges, Rich, mean that as a candidate, Donald Trump's going to be somewhat handicapped, right? There are going to be days when he can't campaign because he's going to have to be in a courtroom, right? Maybe for weeks at a time in a courtroom. How's that going to play out? Yeah, that's going to be a problem for him, particularly since uh, one of the trials uh, could be up in D.C. You know, that's not uh, good because it's not really uh, he's not going to win D.C. So it's not helpful for him to be up here. <laughs> On the other hand, now, Georgia, Georgia is a swing state. So, you know, in the breaks between the sessions of the courtroom trial, he could run out and have a mini press conference or a rally on, in Atlanta. I, I don't you know, I've asked this question to people in Iowa, in New Hampshire. Hey, this guy could be a, a, a literal, actual convicted felon. I don't care. You know, he's the only one who can stand up to the deep state. He's the only one who can clean out the swamp. And they're just out. You know, there's a percentage of, of, of the base of his base who will literally go to jail to visit him and vote for him, even if he's locked up. So that's the Republican candidates, uh, other candidates problem is that there's a percentage and we're not really sure how big that percentage is. I mean, 
Are 30 percent of the voters really going to say, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump uh, and nobody else, no matter what. And otherwise, I'm just staying home. Or would they rather win and, and have a Republican in the White House? And the, the bet is that most people are going to say we'd rather win. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, if, if Donald Trump actually ends up with a trial in March, in May of next year, uh, that's bad. That's for Republicans generally. I mean, he's the top of the ticket. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, the question then is for all of them, as you indicate, Sharish, is for Republicans, uh, who's the best one who could beat Joe Biden in November? But Kevin McCarthy indicates that may not be a problem because Joe Biden may not be there. He may be already impeached. <laughs> uh, Kevin McCarthy dropped that bombshell uh, speaking with Sean Hannity on Fox News this week, taking things to a new level. Here is the speaker. We've only followed where the information has taken us. But, Hannity, but this speaker. is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. So, Sabrina, sometimes we're not sure with Kevin McCarthy whether he's serious or he's just teasing, you know, to kind of excite the base. What's the case here? I'm not sure he knows if he's serious or he's teasing. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? He is trying to pacify these um, hardline conservatives who are eager to impeach President Biden over anything, right? It's, it doesn't even matter really what it, what it's about. It, it, Many of them actually see it, and they've been actually quite open about seeing it as retribution for the impeachment inquiries against former President Trump. And then, of course, there are moderates who are very uneasy about that because they don't believe that there is any legitimate reason to impeach Biden and are very, I think, obviously concerned about how that's going to play in these swing districts where not only is the president um, more popular, but also, this would be something that could very much backfire on Republicans. So what we, you know, what I know uh, from our reporting at the Wall Street Journal is that, you know, in private, um, Speaker, Speaker McCarthy has essentially told his conference that there's not enough evidence to actually begin an impeachment inquiry. Mm -hmm. And when, if and when there is, um, and, and then, then they can launch uh, something more formal. And of course, you know, some of what they've been weighing is, um, you know, these uh, claims by an IRS whistleblower that the Justice Department interfered in uh, the federal investigation into the president's son, Hunter Biden. Those, of course, are allegations that Attorney General Merrick Garland and U.S. Attorney David Weiss have denied. Um, you know, questions about the Biden family family's business dealings, although Republicans themselves had not yet have not yet found anything linking the president directly to Hunter's business arrangements. Um, so so again, it's it's just a question of what would they actually impeach him for? And McCarthy is facing the pressure um, and the tension between moving forward regardless um, of or irrespective of what the what the underlying rationale would be, and just the pressure from the right flank to do something and to go after Biden in a more open and and a more open and targeted way. 
Yeah, well, I mean, Sharish, you cover the Biden White House, and I, I try to ask this question not not as a Democrat, which I am, but as an as an American, what what are the crimes that they're going to that they are even thinking about impeaching Joe Biden for? That's a good question, and the answer is it doesn't really matter because the whole purpose <laughs> of this, the whole purpose of this is to try uh-huh. to drag Biden's reputation uh, down to the level of Donald Trump. Right. And, and people in Iowa, yeah. I, I went to like uh, events for various candidates were, were saying that, well, well, you know, if if they can get Biden to seem just as, you know, as 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 damaged as Trump, if he gets impeached and if he's under investigation for taking bribes, then it's all the same. Then they're all then they're uh, both bad. And then it's our uh, guy versus his. And, and, and it becomes just, uh, you know, it. Criminality and and uh, right and wrong don't enter into it. It's just which jersey do you have on your back, and so that's why. We're, and and by the way, as a point of you know historical, in fact, these accusations about Biden came out during the 2020 campaign, and this is what Donald Trump was impeached over because he sent Rudy Giuliani over to Ukraine to dig up dirt, and then wanted. Yeah. Zelensky to open an investigation. This is the same stuff that Biden was corrupt. He went after the prosecutor in order to protect his son, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and some of the people are, are, are the same. The, the, the sources of this information, some of that stuff that Rudy got actually came from a literal Russian spy who was sanctioned by you know, the Treasury Department under Donald Trump. So you know, what will they impeach him on? Yeah, who cares? As long as they impeach him on something and there's some sort of stuff that he probably did wrong, possibly did wrong, you know, Fox will run with it. Uh, OAN, Newsmax, they'll go with it. And, and that's all that matters here. It's, it's the most cynical thing I've ever seen. Now, you know, I, I think McCarthy walked back the, well, I never said impeachment. I just said maybe impeachment yeah. inquiry, which, right? okay, uh, you know, sure. Again, the tease, right? <laughs> Exactly. Oh, boy. So much going on and even a lot more we didn't get yet to here uh, on our today's roundtable with uh, Sabrina Sadiq and Sharice Date. Let's take a quick break here on the Bill Press Pod. Hold on, panelists, and hold on all the rest of you. And we'll be right back and pick up with the rest of the news of the week here. Today's roundtable is brought to you by the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers. Over 1.7 million strong America's teachers, members of the AFT, under longtime President Randy Weingarten, a great friend of this program. Uh, They're the the men and women uh, who uh, do the greatest job, I think, and the most important job in the country, uh, teaching our kids preschool, K through 12, higher education, some 3,000 local unions uh, headquarters all across the country. Uh, we salute the members of the AFT, thank them for doing the Lord's work, and thank them for their longtime support of the Bill Press Pod. Check out their website at AFT.org. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back on the Bill Press Pod with today's uh, Reporters Roundtable. Joining us uh, from HuffPost, White House correspondent S.V. Date. And uh, from the Wall Street Journal, White House reporter Sabrina Siddiqui. So, uh, Sabrina, meanwhile, today, uh, we've been talking about Donald Trump and all of his problems on the Republican side. Joe Biden's going up to Maine to talk about the economy, which uh, pumped up 2.4% in the last quarter. Uh, Economists thought it might go 1.5%. It surpassed that by far. Um, is this uh, Bidenomics? Uh, this is the issue. This is what Biden's running on. This is going to work. Well, that's the hope, right? I mean, you've seen the president ramp up his travel across the country to promote the implementation of his legislative accomplishments, the Infrastructure Bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, and the Chips and Science Act, and tie them directly to um, the economic gains that we've seen uh since he took office. And you're right that the economy has been strong. I mean, you have a buoyant labor market that's added 1.5 million jobs this year alone. Consumer confidence is high. Inflation fell to, you know, a, 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 the lowest point in, in just over two years. Uh, and this housing market is stabilizing somewhat as well. So all of these are very positive indicators for the economy the, the challenge that we've seen with President Biden is there's still a disconnect between how the economy is actually doing and how voters feel about the economy and mm-hmm. how it's doing. Yeah. And you've seen in poll after poll, and I know polls are just, you know, it's early and, and you can only take away so much, but he still has, he's the president still has tremendously low disapproval ratings. And um, I mean, some of these surveys are as low as as those of former President Trump and and voters actually do just dis, they they disapprove of his handling of the economy. So there's there's this uh, obstacle they have to get over where yeah. they need to connect the dots in the minds of voters and 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 draw more of a direct link between his presidency and 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 his policies and the economy being in much better shape. And then also, of course, reckon with the fact that for some people, um, things have not changed enough. Inflation has fallen a great deal, but there are always going to be those uh, a, a block of voters who are still feeling like they're paying a lot of money for groceries and things are still more expensive, and 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 that's just the reality for them. So when I talk to the White House about it, they say, you know, there's some frustration. I think because of course when when gas prices are high, when inflation is high, which frankly the president doesn't have much control over, he gets the blame. 
But then when things get better, you see <laughs> right. him get credit, right? But but that that they can be frustrated about it. They still they have to do something about it, regardless, yeah. and they know that. So I think a lot of what they're going to do and focus on the campaign, based on my conversations both with the White House and campaign aides, is really really ramp up this message around Bidenomics to help people better understand the impact of his policies and how he would take them further if he's given a second term. Uh, and Sharice, one thing that the uh, president will not be talking about today uh, is anything to do with Donald Trump's legal battles, right? It's been total radio silence uh, from the White House and Joe Biden on Donald Trump. Uh, is that the right strategy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if, you're, if your whole working premise for your presidency is, I'm going to bring things back to normal after these last four years, we're going to do things the way things are supposed to be done, and we're going to treat the presidency seriously, and we're going to honor norms and traditions and rules and laws, then you don't want the president uh, going on about uh, something that the Justice Department is handling. I mean, there's supposed to be some degrees of separation there. And so, yeah, and there'll be plenty of time uh, for other people and perhaps the president to be talking about Donald Trump's legal troubles next year when the campaign really gets into gear. So, I mean, what is the point? I mean, Donald Trump is putting himself in the headlight in the headlines every day. They're not positive. Um, why? Why interfere with that? I mean, it, 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 people can see it already. Right. Uh, so let's take a quick look here before we uh, wrap up uh, at this Republican primary. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. Sabrina, you made the point uh, that um, everybody was counting on Ron DeSantis. He's now into his second reboot, perhaps. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, it got off to a kind of a rough start this week when Ron DeSantis talked about somebody that he might appoint in his administration uh, to lead a health care policy. Here's Ron DeSantis. Yes, the medical stuff, I'm very good on that. So that does appeal to me, but there's a whole host of other things that he'd probably be out of step with. And so on that regard, it's like, okay, if you're president, you know, sick him on the FDA if he'd be willing to serve or sick him on CDC. And of course, we were talking about he was talking about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, the vaccine denier, make him head of the FDA. Um, <laughs> how's his reboot going, Sabrina? Can we just talk for a second about how he said the medical stuff? I'm very good on that. <laughs> <laughs> just like, the medical stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that stuff. It just doesn't sound very... It, 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 uh, look, I think that Ron DeSantis is um, just trying to gain traction in any way he can. And a big part of his popularity as a Republican governor, I mean, key word there being Republican, um, was the fact that he was very against any of the um, social distancing guidelines and masking recommendations during the COVID-19 pandemic. And he actively fought them. He lifted a lot of those restrictions in Florida. Some of them he never even enforced. And so for him, someone like RFK Jr., who is a noted anti-vaxxer and you know con vaccine conspiracy theorist, including about COVID-19 vaccines, that's the exact kind of guy you want to tie yourself to if you're trying to once again tap into this broader skepticism within the Republican base around COVID, COVID in particular and COVID vaccines. Um, you know, I don't think Ron DeSantis really at this point has figured out 
what his identity is within this Republican field, other than just trying to be to the right of Trump and trying to appear like the most conservative option. But then that also is that that premise that's premised on this idea that support for Trump is about conservative policy, which it's not. Right. So, so, you know, I think it, you know, so I I don't, we don't really know what shape governor DeSantis's campaign is going to take, but he's many, in many ways having the same problem that senators uh, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio had in 2016, where, you know, you can't to, to try and, um, criticize or position yourself to the right of Trump on policy misses what support for Trump is actually about. And you also can't attack him too much because he's so popular that if you really go on offense, then you're actually going to lose support from the Republican base. And, and so you, and you just simply can't, you can't try to have it both ways. Right. So I think it's going to be a problem for DeSantis. I think it's going to be a problem for the entire field. And the only other thing I'll say on this is, you know, Scott Walker, when he dropped out, remember former Wisconsin governor, Scott Walker, oh, when he dropped ever- out of the race in 2016, and that was before the voting had even begun. It was in September of 2015, actually. So it was very early. He said he, he didn't name Trump, but he had given this warning to the very crowded field that they need to coalesce and, right. and right behind an alternative. Otherwise, there's no stopping the inevitable. And I think that writing is on the wall once again. So if you have, you know, a bunch of Republicans splitting whatever percentage of the vote there is for an, a Trump alternative, then there's no stopping Donald Trump. And they already learned that lesson the hard way in 2016. Will anything change this time around? It doesn't look like it, but that remains to be seen. Well, not to beat up too much on Ron DeSantis, but Sharice, you've been out in, uh, in Iowa. You've, you've seen him. You've talked to people uh, that he has been uh, trying to woo. Um, so this has been played uh, a lot in the last 24 hours. Ron DeSantis now, in, as part of his reset, uh, he's out campaigning, and he runs into a little girl who's got an icy, uh, and then there's another little girl alongside of her. Uh, and here is uh, Ron DeSantis, how he greets these two little girls. Oh, what is that? An icy? Yeah, that's probably a lot of sugar, huh? Good to see you. All right. <laughs> So he turns to the second girl and says, "Good to see you." Shakes her hand as if she's. A <laughs> so, what's the take you get from people who've been up close to Ron DeSantis? Look, it could have been worse, right? He didn't take the icy from the girl and <laughs> give her like an apple or something instead. Um, this is how he is. This is how he's always been. That he's not a people person. So. Uh, which is very odd to me that he would choose to enter politics to begin with, <laughs> given his personality. But, you know, it, yeah, that's what he wanted to do. So be it. This is, but he's not going to change. He's, he's, a, grown, he's a grown man. That's, that's not going to get any better. Yeah. Um, right. it, but I, I did want to, uh, you know, on one point, Sabrina brought up that he wants to run to the right of Donald Trump. And I just want to remember, I, once upon a time, Republicans being to the right of someone means I will cut taxes even more. Right than this person, I will uh, reduce regulations even more. <clears throat> and nowadays, it means I will be even crazier. I will say even more <laughs> outrageous things about vaccines. Right, which once upon a time, conservative children and liberal children, you know, took equally. It didn't matter. It was not a, a, a an, an issue to get mad about. But that's what it is now. I mean, as people are now, I mean, Trump supporters are not backing him because of his regulation cuts. Right. They, they like him because he's a jerk. 
because he can be a jerk, he's their jerk. And that's what Ron DeSantis has, has decided to try to emulate. Now, I remember his first year as governor in Florida, he, he behaved pretty normally, right? He, he acted basically like Jeb Bush, maybe even a little bit more like Charlie Crist in terms of the environmental stuff. And then all that went away when COVID came, and we've never seen the old Ron DeSantis since. What's funny is when I, when I asked the, the DeSantis campaign to comment regarding the RFK Jr. Uh, thing, they sent me the entire transcript and says, please re- base your reporting on this, as if the entire transcript of that answer was going to make them sound any better. So I, I'm not sure where they go <laughs> with this. I mean, you're going to put a, 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 just a conspiracy theory nut as head of the CDCs? What is wrong with you? I mean, this is not something that's going to play well with normal people. Uh, well, maybe uh, we need a new reset, a third reset. I don't know. We'll follow. But it is uh, it is fun to watch, and we'll continue to watch it uh, with uh, uh, Sabrina Siddiqui and Sharice Date and all the rest of our panelists here on the Bill Press Pod. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you, Sharice, for taking a look back at this week. I'm sure there's some stuff we didn't get to. But in the interest of time, we will move on. Um, but before letting you go, I uh, would love to know, what's the one story that really uh, – caught your attention this week, our favorite story of the week, which many of our listeners say is their favorite part of the Reporters Roundtable. Uh, Sabrina, um, start us off, please. Uh, maybe a dog story this week again? No? Well, I have a dog story, but it's not fun. Oh. So President Biden's dog commander oh, yes. Yes. Go ahead. allegedly bit Secret Service officers 10 times in the span of four months. Now, you'll remember that Commander came into the picture when the president's other dog, Major, was uh, Mm. given to family friends in Delaware because Major had also been accused of biting Secret Service officers multiple times. So, uh, yeah, it seems like there's there's a bit of a biting problem with the president's dogs. Um, And, you know, I think that when the First family says they're working on it and they're giving the dog more training. But what I found funny about this is that there was a a host on Newsmax who actually tried to claim that Biden's dog commander, the reason he bit these agents is because he's a Democrat and anti-law enforcement. (laughs) You know, someone had to go there. Um, Yes. The other thing that this reminds me of in that I, I quite just enjoy as a as an as an anecdote is there was a, some reporting in a book about Major, and I can't help but feel, if, I wonder if it's the same with Commander, that President Biden reportedly um, felt like, at least with his other dog, that this was all like, that this was all a setup, <laughs> that, oh, oh. That, that his dog is being treated very unfairly, as Donald Trump would say. And uh, they were that they that people are just out to get the first family, and that his dogs are innocent and they haven't done any wrong. So um, yeah, I don't know what the uh, the deal is, Bill. Do you have there been, ever been any first pets who've been in the news this much? Well, I don't think so. But my take on it is um, he has a fondness for German shepherds. I think maybe he should forget about a German shepherd and get a good lab or a golden retriever, right? <laughs> Who just roll over and want to get petted, right? They're not yeah. going to bite at all, right? So that would be my suggestion. Yeah, I will say in the defense in defense of the dogs, regardless of you know the the actual allegations of biting, you know it just it may just be that you know highly trafficked 
place like the White House where you're going to be around a lot of strangers and you're around yeah. agents who have guns and weapons. Maybe it's just not the best breed. It's like to be there. It's not conducive to the environment. That's what it sounds uh, like. I think it sounds like that to me, too. Uh, Sharish, outside the canine world, what caught your attention this week? Well, I'll point out the only times I've seen Commander, he's been relatively well behaved. He's taking a nap right on oh. the, in the grass uh, when we were in the motorcade waiting for us to leave one time. Uh-huh. And another time he's up on the balcony uh, watching the helicopter land when, uh, when the president hmm. returned. President waved to commander, but he didn't say anything to us. So that, you know, <laughs> um, my favorite stories were both that you brought up in the last segment about, you know, one being, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis wanting to make RFK Jr. head of the CDCs or the FDA. So that's out. And then the other one was him yelling at the little girl about the icy. So that's out too. So this will be the story that I hope to get into is who is Willow the cat biting and Ooh. scratching? Huh? <laughs> Why is it a cover-up? Why don't we know about what's going on with her? I think that's the real story. That's obviously going on there. We look forward to your reporting on that, Cherise. Maybe she's Indeed. behind the leaks. Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> I forgot about Willow, indeed. Well, I have to tell you, having just come back from a couple of beautiful, wonderful weeks on the oceanfront in Rhode Island, enjoying the beach every day, and the water temperature, which was about 70 degrees, perfect, perfect swimming, refreshing and, and and easy to get into. My favorite story of the week with, with appalling news from Florida that the water temperature down in the Keys around Key Largo was rated at 101 degrees, that the ocean temperature, this is out, I mean, it's scary. You know, that's hot tub hot, right? The perfect, I, I read that the ideal temperature, they say, for to keep your hot tub is between 101 and 105, right? Maybe good for a hot tub, not good for the ocean, not good for the fish, not good for the coral, not good for people as well. I mean, what more evidence do we need that climate change is here big time? And I just have to say that caught my attention and made me wonder why the House of Representatives spent all this time this week talking about UFOs and not doing or saying anything about climate change. Maybe they have their priorities mixed up. I just want to suggest that as a possibility. Okay, gang, thank you so much. Sabrina Siddiqui, White House reporter for Wall Street Journal, a big thank you. And SV Dante, White House correspondent for HuffPost, thanks again to you, Sharish. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. Uh, We'll be back on Tuesday with the next edition of the Bill Press Pod, talking with Susan Glasser, of course, the columnist for The New Yorker. She writes her letter from Biden's Washington every week, which is a great read, a must read. Susan joins us next Tuesday. So just have a great weekend. Try to stay cool and come back on Tuesday with Susan Glasser for the next edition of the Bill Press Pod.
Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com/internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the US to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement, other restrictions apply.